stepping in with small shoes, great strides. This is a new picture book from Vonda Michonne Nelson. Um, as with her other books, she explores different elements of black history. This one is an untold story from the civil rights movement. Um, and it's beautifully illustrated by fine artist, Alex Bostick. Um, this tells the story of the McDonough Three. They were three black first grade girls who integrated McDonough 19 public school in New Orleans. Um, this book it tells a really compelling story and it, in a way it sets the historical record straight. Um, Ruby Bridges is often featured as the uh, first child in New Orleans to integrate um, a school, but that's not actually correct. Gail, Tessie, and Leona set foot in their school 10 minutes before Ruby entered Franz Elementary. Um, like Ruby, these girls faced angry protesters day after day and were escorted by U.S. Marshals. Uh, the book delves into some of the other elements. There was hate mail, uh, harassment, um, and interestingly, the white parents of the kids at McDonough 19 uh, took action and pulled their kids out of the school. So by the end of these girls' first week in school, they were the only students in the entire building. They had this wonderful, caring teacher, an older white woman, who was determined to protect them and educate them. They did not go out of her sight. She would escort them to the bathroom. They ate lunch together, um, and they really bonded. And um, you know, became, as Vonda says, sisters for life. Um, Vonda was able to connect with Gail, Tessie, and Leona, conduct interviews with them, uh, really has a close relationship with them, and they've been involved a bit in the making of this book. We met on Zoom to look at the sketches together and get their insights and recollections. And one of the most striking things is that they were so young and perhaps reflective of the parenting of the time. You know, their parents didn't sit them down and say, hey, you were integrating this school, you know, for these reasons. They didn't really understand what was happening. They just knew they were going to the school and uh, just were expected to do as they were told. Um, what I, one of the reasons I really like this book is that it doesn't stop at the first day. Yes, that first day is a triumph, but there is so much more to the story of that and really the consideration of, you know, what happens to these trailblazing children who are still just so young and have so much to go through. Um, so in the back matter, Vonda talks about what happens, you know, in the coming years of their education. They went through some very tough experiences later in elementary school and they had to switch to a different also integrated school. Um, and then we get to find out in the back matter as well what, what they've gone on to do, um, you know, how they've gotten through the challenges they faced and become very successful adults. Uh, there's also sort of a discussion of Norman Rockwell's famous painting, The Problem We All Live With, uh, which many people sort of describe as depicting Ruby Bridges. It actually does not depict her specifically. It depicts um, sort of a, a iconic child, uh, and the, the model for it was um, 
someone he knew, the daughter of a member of the NAACP, and it also describes the role the U.S. Marshals play. Uh, people who have been at Learner for a while know that Vonda's the author of Bad News for Outlaws, which is about Bass Reeves, a deputy U.S. Marshal. It was through her connection to the U.S. Marshals that she came across this story and was able to start on her research journey for this book. So that's our first one. And next on to sensitive, this is by Sarah Levine. We know her from books like Bone by Bone and um, Flower Talk. This is a completely new direction for her. Um, it's a fictional picture book with really striking art by Murdote Amini, who we know from Dictionary for a Better World. This one is drawn from Sarah's own experiences as a sensitive child. She tells the story of a girl who's constantly told she's too intense, too sensitive, that she takes things too seriously. The book takes the idea of being thin-skinned literally and everything that is said to this main character sort of slips inside of her is, and is jostling inside her body. The girl finally goes off on her own and is able to write the comments sort of back out of her body and she transforms all of these insults into a statement of affirmation that includes lines like, it's okay to feel big things. Being sensitive is your superpower. It's a great book for SEL. And while there are other books out there that address things like having big feelings and being really angry or being really sad, I just haven't seen anything like this out there before. So I think it's really distinct. Um, an author's note includes more from Sarah about her own experiences as a kid and some tips for sensitive things, kids about what, what they can do as they're sort of navigating similar situations in their own lives. And then um, The Night of Little Import, we first published author illustrator Hannah Betzel with her debut picture book, A is for Another Rabbit in March of 2020. And in retrospect, that was not the ideal time to release a new book. Fortunately, uh, it still sold well, and I'm just delighted with this Hannah's second ever picture book. The book follows a young aspiring knight named Charlie who can't find a single beast to slay in her town of Little Import until one day she overhears the baker, Mr. Galette, complaining about some problems in his bakery. This leads her to realize that the problem is monsters. Momentum builds as Charlie becomes sought after around town for her talents at identifying and capturing monsters. And at the story's end, we find out what happened to all these monsters. She did not slay them. They're instead in a brand new monster sanctuary called Monsters of Little Import. Um, so for all those animal loving kids uh, who are maybe a little tenderhearted, uh, this ending is satisfying and humane. Uh, her artwork is intricate and detailed and bursting with details that will re reward close examination and repeated readings. In addition, Hannah has started giving some sneak peeks of the art creation process on TikTok, where she has a huge following. Um, and just the other day, she showed how she put together a spread. Not only is it painted by hand, but she has all these sort of 3D elements that she's cutting out separately and adding and piecing together. I think she's even made some of the, her own papers for this book. It's just incredible and is sort of a another point to, to highlight about the, just the level of craft in the art in this book.
Then we have our next Dino Holidays book, Dino Hanukkah. This is our favorite holiday-loving dinos uh, teaming up um, for their first ever Jewish holiday. Uh, neither Barry or Lisa is Jewish, but Lisa studied other Hanukkah books. She spoke with Jewish friends, and we've had Joni involved as well. Thank you, Joni, reviewing the text and the art. Additionally, uh, this one is edited by freelance editor Lila Sales, who I've been working with. She's Jewish as well and really helped shape the narrative to highlight sort of the key moments in the Hanukkah celebration. So the narrative follows the dinosaurs starting with preparations and going through all eight nights and seeing different families celebrate different elements of the holiday and uh, has kind of a running gag of um, a dino wanting their turn to, to light the menorah, um, which finally they get to do on the eighth and final night. Barry's art, as always, is bursting with energy and fun details. So it's a real delight. And then staying with Lisa and Barry and the dinos, we have two more dino board books. These are our first two holidays. We launched the board books in spring of 2022, and we've been doing sports. And now we're branching out into my first dino Christmas and my first dino Halloween. Um, as before, the text is all new, written by Lisa Wheeler to fit the very short 12-page format, and then we're using selected illustrations from the original picture books. And then last for Kalroda, we are doing From the Tops of the Trees by Kao Kalia Yang and Rachel Wada in two new languages. We'll be doing the book in both Spanish and in Hmong, and this follows earlier translations of A Map into the World and The Most Beautiful Thing, both of which have sold well, particularly in Spanish and Hmong. All right, piece by piece, Ernestine's gift for President Roosevelt. This is a true story set in the Great Depression. It's beautifully told by Lupe Ruiz Flores and illustrated by uh, Ana Lopez Real. So Ernestine, Guerrero was a girl who lived in San Antonio, Texas, and her family was struggling even prior to the Great Depression. Her father was a carpenter, and she dropped out of school at the age of nine to become his assistant and help him with his work. Then when the Depression hit, Ernestine's father lost his work, and the family ended up relying on government food aid, which came in wooden crates. And that's, that's important, and you'll soon see why. So Ernestine was raised to be very grateful to show her appreciation, and she wanted to thank President Roosevelt for this essential food aid and let him know that, you know, it, it was important that it continue as long as necessary to ensure the survival of family like, families like hers. One day, her uncle gave her a woodworking pattern that was a very complicated, very difficult, and she said, um, it seemed impossible, and that's how she knew it was the perfect gift to give the president. She spent a year honing her skills so she could build this project, and then spent another year actually creating and building it. Where did the wood come from? It came from those government food crates that they had piled up in their backyard. So she finished it in 1937. She wrote a letter with her best penmanship, you know, despite only having a third grade education, it's a beautiful letter, and sent it off in 1937. And President Roosevelt received it, appreciated it, and you can still see it today 
in the Roosevelt Presidential Library in New York State. Um, Lupe was really moved when she came across this story and her, she herself lives in San Antonio and was able to connect with Ernestine's four daughters as part of her research process. Um, the back matter includes an author's note and glossary as well as source notes and a bibliography. So it's a really lovely story from a, a point in history where we, we don't really have all that many picture books, so it really adds something new. Next up, The Power of Snow. Um, this is a delightful new book that brings together Bob Raska's clever rhymes with the mathematical concept of exponential growth. As we know firsthand, living in Minnesota, one snowflake can quickly become many. This book starts with two flakes and ends with 16,384. Astonishingly, artist Bryony Clarkson has rendered the exact number of snowflakes on each spread, helping kids to visualize just what these increasingly large numbers look like. The snowstorm begins in the evening and continues overnight, and the book ends the following morning with the text, One Snow Day and Two Friends Play. So it has that really relatable, child-friendly element. There are different familiar backyard animals tucked into the art throughout to give us some visual interest along with the increasingly frantic snowflakes and the back matter includes an accessible explanation of how to understand exponents and just what exponential growth is and then milbrook's final picture book for the season is i ship made of steel colossal strong i ship around the world this is a real standout. It's by debut author Kelly Rice Schmidt and narrated by a container ship. It provides a unique look at shipping and global trade that will draw in readers of all ages. Kelly's wonderful text is paired with Jam Dong's illustrations, which are bright and have delightful details for readers to pour over. I am amazed at how much I learned about container shipping while working on this book. And Merchant Mariner and YouTuber Brian Boyle consulted on both the manuscript and the illustrations to ensure everything was as accurate as could be. The book has lots of appeal for kids who like big vehicles, and it can also be used in the classroom to talk about global trade, the global supply chain, and invents like the 2021 stranding of the Ever Given when it got stuck in the Suez Canal. There is fascinating back matter that includes more about global trade, benefits and challenges of container shipping, a glossary of shipping terms, and brief information about jobs related to shipping and trading. There are also additional facts, so I'll leave you with this. Did you know container ships are so huge they can be seen from the International Space Station? We are translating The Floating Field, which came out in English in spring 2021 into Spanish. That will be a Spanish language paperback for fall 2023. We know soccer is hugely popular globally, particularly in the Spanish speaking world. So I think this one will have a lot of appeal. Thank you for listening to The Learner Podcast. Tune in again next time for more author interviews and the stories behind the books.